has been rough on most of us. And as adults, we have a rough time of making sense of it all. We have internal, external struggles, and we have the benefit of a full vocabulary. Children don't have this capacity, and they don't have the kind of hindsight um, from lessons from the past that we have, because pandemics in its own is not new. We've been, we've had pandemics before. But Terry Shepard, our guest for today, has found a unique way of helping children to make sense and understand what's going on with the pandemic. And we can't wait to talk to him about how he has put together this in a way that children can understand and be okay with what's happening. Don't go away. We will be right back. If you are just joining us, then welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. I'm your host, Bridgette Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. Today's stream is made possible by StreamYard, Creative Edge, and BeLive Media. If you've joined us live, then a hearty warm welcome, whether you're watching us on Amazon Live, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, or LinkedIn, welcome. This is an audience-centric show, and we are monitoring the comments, so please feel free to say hello. And today we're going to be talking to Terry Shepard. If this is your first time that you are watching the Writer's Corner live show, then please type new in the comments. And if I see you saying new, I'm going to give you a shout out to welcome you. But First of all, I want to say a hearty warm welcome to my friend and co-host, Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She is a special needs and disabilities advocate and also the author of the award-winning Foolicious Children's Book series. The Foolicious Children's Book series writes um, helps children with empowering words to feel good about themselves. Mary's in Nashville in the USA, so it'll be great to know where you are joining us from. So with that, let me say hello to mary hi good morning how are you i'm very well it's very very cold in cape town at the moment um but i do have my heater going next to me so i am nice and cozy and i have a blanket on my knees which you can't see but <laughs> <laughs> that's good and it's 93 degrees here today so we are so opposite it's hilarious how this happens isn't it and then yet we're right beside each other on screen and we're in different parts of the world. And so technology is so beautiful that way. And we just love that it. we have this opportunity to be able to do this and to bring authors to the world um, to find new readers and new lovers of their work. Um, so, you know, please share this. Share this. Uh, so this is, what, this is amazing. Yeah, this is absolutely amazing. Yes. So um, Terry Shepard, I'm very excited for us to bring him onto the show. He yeah. is our featured author for the day. He's also a narrator of fascinating tales. 
He is the creator of the Jessica Ramirez thrillers, the Waterford Detective series, a man of many talents, I dare say. Yeah, multiple um, genres. <laughs> He's a multiple genre guy, yes. He he wears he wears lots of hats. Mm -hmm. And what we specifically want to talk about today is his mystery bug series. And I think we're going to be talking about Juliet. Um he is also, as I said, he's, he wears many hats. He is also the host of the Authors on Air podcast, like in Wow. I know he does have a lot going on. So totally, totally blessed to have him on the show. So let's not waste any more time and let's get him on the show, shall we? Do you oh, feel Terry, like welcome to the show. I have never, ever had an intro like that. Man, I feel like I, I'm, I'm Johnny Carson material here. In the US. <laughs> I know. Where Jenny just makes magic. I just love it. It makes people feel so special. And you're just like, hey, I am the king or the queen for the day, right? You made me feel like a king, Jenny. Thank Aww. you. Great to see you both. You look terrific. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, we're all in red. We've got this whole... Yeah. It's sort of like a, you know what? Are you watching the Loki thing on Disney Channel Plus? Okay, so it's so Loki behind us, right? It is. I mean, this the virtual <laughs> scenery is amazing. I can't believe that you've painted both of your studios on both sides of the world the same color. It looks great. I know. It was really hard coordinating, but we worked it out, didn't we, Bergetti? We did. You know, we, we, we took some paint and uh, we dyed it red and some paint brushes and then just you know splashed it all over the screen and we hope for the best and somehow we think we did okay <laughs> uh, it, looks, it looks terrific thank you so much for having me on the program it's great to be with you, oh, you. Uh, wonderful so terry how did you become an author like what is it you know we all have we all have a story all our stories are unique and we love talking, you know, we miss talking around the campfire with our friends and family and having great big hugs and stuff like that. But not all of us know how to string it together to actually become an author. So quickly tell us your author story. How did that happen for you? Well, I, I was for most of my life a corporate guy. I worked for big companies. And um, when we moved back to Florida, which was one of our longest stops when I was in the corporate world, I didn't have to work anymore. And it was really weird. I felt at loose ends. I felt like my contributions were coming to an end. And I, quite frankly, I was depressed. So my, my psychiatrist said, answer the question that you ask everybody. And that is, I think I probably asked Mary Elizabeth this at one time or another, what would you do if you were working for love and not for money? And I had no idea. I spent my entire life thinking about other people, you know, providing for my family, making those kind of decisions. So Colleen and I decided we would give this fiction thing a try for 12 months and see how it went. And oh my gosh, that was almost two years ago. And it's been a whirlwind and a wonderful adventure. Mm. Okay. So you've only been doing this for two years. 
Yeah, actually, I've been writing nonfiction for a lot longer. When I was in the okay. corporate world, I wrote motivational stuff, self-help books, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, but as in in the role of Terry Shepard, the fiction, the thriller, and kids writer genre guy, it's been about two years since I've been I've been stopping telling the truth and starting making things up. Okay, so it's fun to be in that world, and 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 as I will say, as a ghostwriter, writing the things that are real and in like interpreting people's lives and things like that are it's such a different challenge. Even if your database research stuff, so different than when you can just sit and make it up. It's like two totally different universes, like DC and Marvel, right? So, but what is your favorite genre? And you know what? Because you are writing in multiple genres. So, um, but what led you to write the children's book you wrote? I mean, what, and it's a great time to write it, but you know, what's your favorite genre? What led you to write that book? You know, I'm just, I, I'm a real believer in synchronicity. I came into writing with the goal of trying to create a ensemble cast of very diverse characters. My uh, heroes are all women. So Jessica Ramirez, my thriller gal, my detective, is Latina. Her sidekick is LGBT. The guy who is the medical examiner where she is, is on the autism spectrum. It's a very diverse cast. And that was my goal. I kind of carried that over from my corporate life, where I was always a believer in trying to give opportunity to the disadvantage and help everybody meet their potential. So that's what I did. And as I was writing thrillers, my son, my grandson said to me one day, Grandpa, do you have a real job? And yeah, I write books. And he says, well, will you put Juliet and me in one of your books? And that opened my whole world to the, to the uh, kids era. And then along came the pandemic. And of course, like everybody's children, they were afraid. They wanted to know what, what they could do to protect themselves. And that's how the Mystery Bug series came to be. Nice. That is absolutely amazing. But now you've done something really special with the way in which you you wrote this book. Tell us about your your line of reasoning and how you made it, uh, how you wrote it in such a way that it appeals to children. Well, I mean, I, I did two things. One is I wanted to make sure that it was technically correct. So what I did was um, I, I checked with the World Health Organization and the Centers for Disease Control about how to tell the story right. So everything that you read in the Mystery Bug Collection is focused on accuracy, scientific accuracy. But then I wanted to make it accessible to kids. So I thought back to when we were all children, and I thought about the books that my mom read to me when I was between five and 10 years old, and Dr. Seuss came to mind. For mm -hmm. most of us, we all remember Green Eggs and Ham. We can recite that stuff by rote. So what I did was I wrote the Mystery Bug Collection in Tetramic Pentameter, which is the Dr. Seuss style of poetry. And it turned out that that was the way that kids memorize stuff. So as yeah. I the families who have bought the book and have um, you know brought it into their homes, their kids can recite it chapter and verse because it's very, very easy to memorize. Mm, brilliant. I, I'm a big Dr. Seuss fan and kids rhyming, it, they just, it, they pick it up. But think about it. when I was a kid, my mom taught me our telephone number through singing. So like I can still remember my eight, your four or five. Uh -huh. I can still remember that phone number. And, and I still remember um, when I was four in school being taught Frere Jacques. And I remember that song and that's little, little Johnny, you know, um, 
I, anyways, but it's, I like writing in rhyme as well, but I also like talking in rhyme and I like making up words. So that's why Dr. Seuss is one of my favorites. And I, I know for you and for other authors out there, you know, when you have an interview, you're asked, what are your favorites, you know, who inspires you? So for the children's world, I definitely think Dr. Seuss is one of those number ones up there. Cause he really broke those boundaries. You know, there were no boundaries for him. Um, and I know there's a lot of disagreement with things that he wrote, but I'm just talking about his language and the way that he was so silly, you know, and it's funny. Kids love to say those silly words, don't they? He, he made up his own vocabulary, which is very much what this girl does. This is my granddaughter, Juliet, who is mm -hmm. the star of the mystery bug. That's Colleen, my wife, who co-wrote the book with me. And Juliet, is magic because she came to us with Down syndrome. So she likes to say that she's from the planet Venus and she's trying to understand all of us earthlings. <laughs> she has her own way of expressing the language. And what she does, as you know, with many kids that, that are developmentally challenged is she's distilled the language into its very essence. So as she says things, she gets that key word that is most important in the sentence. And that's the word she can say. So as I was writing Mystery Bug with Colleen, we thought about how we placed those words in the poetry so that, you know, she would remember, you know, it began on a Monday. She heard Hudson sneeze. Sneeze was the key word that she's able to say. And so as, as I read the book to her and she is, comes joins along with us in it. She grabs all the important words um, that way. She, she's very helpful. She should get co-author credit, I think. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So it was very deliberately written um, in a manner that would make it both understood, but also memorable for little people. Um, I really, I really, really like that that you've you know it's well thought out it's not just a matter of and i also like that you fact checked things right. um because that's also important you know we we i know that as adults we are confused on a daily basis because of the untruths um that are spread about and the virus but it's fantastic that you fact checked everything because you know so that you know everything in there is 100 correct are you aiming at, at a specific age group or who is it, you know, which age group are you targeting with it? Well, you know, Regina, I really wanted to just speak to my grandkids. They were the people who had the questions. So originally the mystery bug was going to be a one-off. My son-in-law, Casey Ratchford, who's a very gifted illustrator, did the pictures. And we mm. thought it was going to be one book that they would read, but this is how this happens. A neighbor kid happened to be over and his parents said, wow, can we have one of those? And before we knew it, I was reading the book four times a week to elementary school kids on Zoom and we had to figure out a way to publish it. So um, that, that, that happened. Originally, the mystery bug was just about hand washing and, um, uh, you know, being aware of hand, hand washing was the, was the first thing. And uh, then the second book was about masking. And then the mm -hmm. third book was when the vaccine was developed. We wanted to talk to kids about the science of vaccines and how they worked and to try and translate them into things that children can understand. So in the vaccination book, you see the soldiers that, that work in our bodies every time there is a virus that comes into our, our bodies and tries to attack us. We have these soldiers that fight back. 
And mm. that's what we did was we created it in a kind of a cartoon way that children could understand. And then when you add the poetry to it, it becomes like a song. It becomes like a hit record that you know by heart. And, and the challenge that I'm hearing from parents is, I'm so tired of reading this. My kids asked me to read it 30 oh, yeah. Years <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. I know. Until they have it memorized. Do you have a copy with you? I have a zillion copies with me. I thought you did. Could you, would you, you know, read us like maybe one of your favorite pages? Let, let me grab it so that I can actually put it up on the screen for you here okay. so that you can actually follow along. And what I will do is I'm going to do what Brigetta was doing before showtime here. And that is try and on the fly here, get, you, get what we get, what we need. That'll be amazing. Thank you so yeah. much for doing that for us. It's, um, uh, it's been great. Well, well that was the, the interesting thing about it was that um, there, you know, I, when I was talking to these classes, I wanted to make sure that I could, you know, do it in such a way that I wouldn't have to read it every single time. Right. So what I ended up doing was um, I ended up recording it. I made a movie of it. And um, oh wow, that's that was, amazing! Oh my gosh, we'll have to talk about after you read us a bit out of the book. We'll have to talk about this little video that you did. I'm gonna grab it right now and let's see. Here we are. Here, this is the nice thing about live streaming and, and the technology that we have that make it work is you know that we can do things on the fly and just create magic on a screen. You know, it's like I never get tired that we have this ability to to make magic on a screen. Right. Absolutely. As long as it cooperates, right? Well, if I did this right, I hope as, as, right as long as it cooperates, yes, that's that's the big thing. You know, as long as the as long as we've got internet access, all is good. Let me give you a little taste of Juliet and the mystery box. Okay. Oh, fun. That'll be fantastic. Let's see if I can make this work here. Oh, I don't hear audio. Let me see why not. Mystery bug. Are you sharing the audio? Um, well, I'm using, uh, um, I'm, I'm using technology like you are. So <laughs> on the fly. Yeah. Let me try another way here real quick. Let me try on the fly, on the fly. This, this. There's a little, there's a little box that you need to tick to just sort of say, send us the audio through as well um, um and so possibly that's just the the little tiny little yeah glitch uh, thing. um i just gotta pick the file here i'm gonna do it a different way but and it's quick I'm, to make it work let me see bug you know the nice thing about this is a little tip for you technological people is give your um file something that is Super that you will remember that you'll remember and that it's short and that's easy to neat. find. Yeah, I know. Isn't that awful? That's true. <laughs> Even if you have to name it one, two, three with one the same name, you know, at least you can remember. Um so I know Carson loves there's a book that he loves, and it's a hundred pages though, and it's like a coffee table book. Mm -hmm. Um and Virginia and I interviewed him about two years ago, but now Carson memorized the whole book, but we went through that and it was a rhyme one too. And we went through that over and over and over again. And I, it's, it's sweet that they do that, but this one was a hundred pages. <laughs> that, a that'll while. be a little bit more, a little bit more challenging, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but their brains or their brains just soak it up. It's Let's just see. amazing. Let me try again here. It is. It's crazy how children learn to memorize things, you know, and um, and they never really forget it. If it's once it's sort of internalized, 
um, in a memorable way. They never they never forget it. You know, you grow up remembering those um, those stories, and it becomes special moments that you know you you cherish forever. You never forget those special times um, with your parents. You know, just sitting side by side and and reading together, and uh, especially if it's a special book that you really really loved. Let's try this one more time here. Let's see if this does it. If I hear any. Okay, um, let's see. Let's see. Let's, you know let's give it another try, shall we? Monitor on. There we go. Oh, there we go. Juliet and the Mystery Bug by Terry Shepard. Read by the author. It began on a Monday. She heard Hudson sneeze. Achoo. My head feels hot. There's a pain in my knees. My fingers feel funny. I cough when I talk. There's a buzz in my nose. I feel strange when I walk. What's happened to Hudson, Mom? Juliet said. Will he have to miss school? Will you keep him in bed? What makes people sick? Do you have some suggestions? When someone feels bad, there are so many questions. Juliet's mom knew just what to do. She took Hudson's temperature, 100.2. We'll go to the doctor, said Juliet's mother, to discover the bug that's bugging your brother. So there you go. That's Oh my gosh, it's precious. <laughs> Precious, I Those love it. Those are the it. illustrations. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, Terry. Uh, Terry. It's awesome. I, I just love it. It's so um, it's very professional, and um, I love the writing. Just, it's, I love it. Still jumping in there a little bit at you, a little bit of the late yeah. stuff. Sorry about that. You're fine. That's, that's okay. That's okay. That's no problem. That's no problem. I just want to give a shout out to Vinay Gog is watching us on. Um, over on LinkedIn Live. <laughs> it's nice to see you. Follow me, friend me. I'm over there as Terry Shepard. I'd love to be part of your network, Vinay. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. So what made you decide to, well, you, I think you already told us, but you know, you're, you, you've taken the book a step farther than what most authors do, or maybe even think as a possibility. So what, you know, did you do what, what you did with this was the main reason so that you wouldn't have to actually read the book, you know, every single time at a school thing, at a school function, um, or was there like a, you know, another, you know, did you have a kind of a dual or more than one reason for doing it that way? Well, the first appearance that Juliet and I had, there's a version of that video mm -hmm. where Juliet and I actually introduced the book and we talk about why we wrote it. And she engages in it in her own special, unique way of, of expressing herself. And we did that at the, um, the Smithsonian had a library week where they were doing stories and stuff. And we finished up the last day together um, there. And what I wanted to do is make sure that that was absolutely perfect. So, of course, we recorded it. We recorded the whole thing. At that point, all we had was the first um, two books. The, we didn't have the vaccine book written yet. And that, when the vaccine issue came around, everybody that uh, 
works with me was saying, you have to write that piece because that ties the whole story together. And so what happened was we ultimately put out what we call the Mystery Bug Ultimate Collection, which is all three of the stories under one binding. And that's the one that we're promoting now. Uh, we're, we're talking with the Centers for Disease Control. I have a guy in Washington that's working with the administration. And we're talking to Pfizer and Moderna about picking the book up and um, distributing it to doctor's offices everywhere because that's where, that's where they're selling right now. What I'm seeing as they go out the door, doctors are buying them and they're not just in homes, they're in public places. And that's where we'd love to see them ultimately be. Absolutely. That is amazing. That is amazing. I love that you've done that. And um, you know, the fact that not only the book, but also the, the, the video um, that goes with it is so popular speaks to the fact that people appreciate finding something that is memorable, effective, um, and truthful. <laughs> I think yeah. more than anything else, people value something that conveys the truth to children. Um, because so often we try and sugarcoat things and we get it wrong, um, you know, and it creates more fear in the end than making the children feel safe. And, and that, so that is so true, Bridget. I mean, the, the thing that, that surprised me is that um, uh, one of the tactics that I used to try and get circulation was I worked with the University of Michigan School of Education to create lesson plans so that teachers in elementary school would have this complete package. They'd have the book, they'd have the lesson plans, and then if they wanted me to come and read to them, I'd do that too. And um, what I discovered when talking to these these amazing professionals out there who build these things is that they read these books at many levels. They read it at first the way you and I would, which is for entertainment and information, but then they look more deeply into the, the author's motivation, how he picked the characters that star in the book and you know what some of the social meanings are associated with that. And if you, if you look through your copy of the mystery bug collection, you will notice that the people that are the ones that, play the doctors and the researchers and the folks that are highly educated and most accomplished are the ones that are considered minorities. They are the African-Americans. They're the Asian-Americans. They're the Latin Americans that are in that spot. And I worked really hard to make sure because you know that our family is, is uh, mostly Caucasian. That's what you can see in our gene pool, even though we're a wonderful mix, a wonderful tossed salad of so many different races and cultures. I wanted to make sure that what people saw in that book made them think that whoever they were, they could be that hero too. So we talk about the fact that Juliet has Down syndrome because kids with born with Down syndrome are doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. so my thriller side, um, our, our medical examiner being uh, on the autism spectrum and still being able to be a physician, that happens in real life. And oh, at, absolutely. At the end of the day, when you read that stuff, you want you want your readers to, to feel that it's speaking to them and it's something that they could grow up to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there is a um, you may even want to look into this and, and I'll give Deborah Rue a shout out. She is a global impact uh, nonprofit just starting. Well, she has her global impact, but now it's called Billion Strong. And what they do is make sure that companies and corporations all over the world 
um, are uh, hiring those that uh, have needs and disabilities and challenges also help to train them and train the people they work with. So it's a an, it's an amazing, amazing uh, nonprofit. And, you know, you can go to Billion Strong online. They have a website you can join if you want, follow them, you know, send a company their way of an idea to try to, you know, hey, this company probably could use the help and, you know, getting prepared and ready for that. So it's it's very important that everybody um oh hi from india yay all right we are very global <laughs> um hey manny but, <laughs> amazing but make it more fun okay <laughs> yeah well that's you know that's the thing and, and and here's here's an idea manny we have in the first book it you're supposed to spend 30 seconds washing your hands. So one of the things that I've done is I've written a song that goes with the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star melody, and it has the exact protocols in it about how you are supposed to wash your hands. So we've taught that to Juliet and Hudson, and I'm hoping to have one of Mary Elizabeth's talented daughters actually record the tune for me so that we can get it on iTunes. So no, I'm awesome. exactly about what he's suggesting is how to make it more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And get, uh -huh. kids, get kids involved and in music. Music binds us together. All of us. It touches everyone, doesn't it? It 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 has no boundaries and it it has it's beautiful. So it is a universal language. Mm -hmm. it's, I think and I think poetry is too. The interesting thing for me about uh, uh Mystery Bug is the first first book we translated into Spanish. Um, oh. and poetry you just can't translate directly. So the woman that I hired is a fantastic writer and poet. I said, you know what the key points are, make it your own and see if you can get it to rhyme. So if you buy um, Juliet and the, what, what does she call it? The, the, the something, the German Mysterio, the mysterious germ is the actual translation. It is completely different in verbiage, but the message is the same. And that's that, awesome. Oh, so cool. I just love that. So, you know what? I want to ask you a question real quick about Juliet. Has she taught you about what it's like to be from Venus? Has she taught <laughs> you that? Because that would be a funny book, wouldn't it? Oh, you know, she she is totally, yeah, she's so patient. She's so patient and she has a great sense of humor. She's also the boss. You know, you know, what she wants you to do. And she, you know, she says it in very few words. She, she makes, she's going to make a great parent someday, I think. <laughs> she tries so hard to teach us, you know, her culture and her way, even as she's trying to understand hers. And um, it's a full participant. We have this thing called uh, Riddle Day on Friday, which I do with my uh, grandson, where I, I get on the FaceTime or on the phone or in person with him, and we go, we do riddles. And oh, Juliet wanted to play. So what an interesting challenge to try and create Q&A that she could actually participate in. So at her age, the biggest thing she loves right now is Frozen and mm. Mary Poppins and Greatest Showman. So mm. ask great questions about that. She's got it. She's got it. They're, they're one or two word things, but she's a full participant and she's teaching us how to make our ideas. That's, that's the whole secret of this thing, right? We're taking an idea and trying to make it accessible to as broad an audience as possible. And part of that audience has to be this people that speak their own language. Mm, love it, love it. Love I it. love that. You know that we bring it. We we bring it back to a point where um, it's audience centric. This book is very, very audience centric, um, and I think that's what makes it beautiful. And I really, really hope. 
that um, you accomplish what you wish to accomplish with that video because it has real magic in it. It's It's got magical moments. You can see the chemistry um, in there is absolutely breathtaking. Um, and I, I, I think you're going to accomplish your goal. I think oh, you will. Thank you. Well, well I already feel, Bridgetta, like I have when the book first came out. And, you know, because Juliet, we tried, she was our test drive for every one of those things. And when the very first book came out, we opened to the page where the CDC hand washing protocols were, and her brother was reading it to her. And oh, she started doing the movements. No. And that was a moment. I mean, that still chokes me up because yeah. you know, you've connected. You've made that. You've made that connection. I just and got to life knowledge. Right? That's how you save a life. If they can be a little bit, if they can understand why it's important to stay maybe three or four feet away from somebody when you're sick, or with what the value is of a mask when you need to wear it, and and they do it, and as a result. Who knows what amazing potential they're going to achieve because of that one thing that they learned around along the way. So I already feel like I want it. It'd be great if we could get it in major circulation. It became a bestseller and a, and a household word. That's my goal. But um, I've already heard stories from families about adults that were afraid to be vaccinated who actually had the courage to go out and do it after reading that book to their kids. Because mm -hmm. the, you can't finish a book like that and then have a child look to you and say, dad, have you gotten the shot yet? Mm -hmm. And how do you answer that question? So I know that there are dozens of people out there who may have been worried about the safety or the efficacy of this brand new type of shot. That's all about antibodies and stuff. It's a whole new science, but they went out and did it anyway. And as we know from the statistics, the places where COVID continues to kill people are in unvaccinated populations. So I already feel, guys, like I'm a success. I'm just, I just want to keep preaching. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're so grateful to have you on today and to share this with, uh, you know, our audience and um, the, on the replays and the shares and, you know, just be a part of sharing what you're doing with others. It's been an honor. Thanks very much. Well, I, I actually have a website that's specific for Mystery Bug. It's mystery-bug.com. And you can watch the video there. There are lesson plans there for teachers. And there were also conversation guides from other sources that help parents talk to their kids about any mystery bug that is out there. We hope we wrote it. You notice we very specifically wrote it generically. We never mentioned COVID or pandemic. Because I, I, that's why I, I, I picked up in the beginning and I said, you know, it's it's we've we've it's not the first pandemic to hit the world. And so what I appreciate about what you've done is that there could be another pandemic in 10 years time and the story will still be very much applicable, um, which is great because the principles of what you wrote is scientifically correct. And, um, and, and the thing about sort of washing your hands and keeping, you know, social distancing and that sort of thing can apply to the next pandemic that comes along. And if we can take away the fear, then people will do the right thing. And that's what I hope the book will ultimately do. And I love that you, you, you know, you help children understand um, why they need to do these things uh, and what the effect's going to be if they do it and if they don't do it um, so that you basically get them to cooperate because they understand. And that's how it works. That's the, that's the biggest challenge is, is teaching somebody 
why they should want to do it. It's so much easier, isn't it, Mary Elizabeth, to be a parent when your kids understand the why. <laughs> yeah. Even if it means yeah. not getting dessert if you don't finish your dinner. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Absolutely. It, it takes you, you have to, you have to up your game as a parent and you have to stretch and you have to, um, you have to learn. You have to actually, I think you have to read and you have to research and maybe you even have to ask experts. How do I, how do I become a better parent? How do I help my child be the best version they can be? That's our job. It's the most empowering thing that we do for our kids because yeah. we end up learning in the long run. So it, it's, it's a beautiful thing that's set up to make us grow and challenge us because you're never the same. Well, you and you, you two are just so wonderful to have me on the show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, it's a it's a big, big pleasure. Terry, we could go on talking forever. Yes. Thank you so much. We really, really appreciate your time. Thank you to our audience on Amazon Live. Um, thank you to our audience on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube. It was amazing to have you join us today. And uh, so thank you for watching. This was the Writer's Corner live show, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Mm -hmm.